throughout my time with Lyme, there was no one guaranteeing me that I was going to get better, but I had this blind faith that I would Mm -hmm. succeed and that I would reach a state of remission and I would get better and do something beautiful with my life that leaves a mark and leaves a legacy. Welcome to The Wealthy and Well Woman, a podcast that celebrates choosing a life of overflow. If you're looking to grow your business, live on purpose, and feel your best while doing it, then you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Kat Sanuski, the business coach for wellness leaders and visionary female entrepreneurs, founder of Be Well Events, and international yoga teacher and trainer. My goal in this podcast is to help you curate your life by design and claim your dream business by giving you actionable tips and trainings that help you get out of your own way, step into your power and monetize your magic. I'll be bringing you a thought training or interview from experts that will help you break through your fears, take action and grow into those massive visions that you can't stop thinking about. I am so happy you're here. Now let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. Today we have another amazing guest, Megan Claire Hatfield, who is a feminine leadership coach for powerful women and spiritual entrepreneurs, the author of Strange and Unusual Creatures, and the owner of She Alchemy. She specializes in helping visionary women alchemize their wisdom into a business and life that lights their soul on fire. Her company, She Alchemy, is rooted in women's empowerment, feminine leadership, purpose-driven business, and soulful living. She Alchemy provides transformational experiences for powerful women and spiritual business owners through coaching, mentorship, retreats, and workshops that embolden women to step into their most powerful voice and presence, transform their shadows into superpowers, deepen their feminine leadership, and expand their mission into a global movement. So <laughs> epic. I'm so excited for our conversation today, Megan. Welcome. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. I just realized how long my bio is. I'm like, wow, I really went off on that. I just really gave that all the passion that I have as per usual. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I feel like also when you're just sitting there like, listening to somebody read your bio it always feels longer you're like oh wow did I do did I overdo that (laughs) but I love it I feel like it is so powerful and it just makes me so excited to jump into this conversation and to be in your program Violet for those that don't know um Megan has an amazing program and I definitely at some point want to talk about magnetic marketing because this was the perfect example of me like stumbling on a page and just resonating so deeply with a program. And I think that's so powerful and what anyone in business, especially online, really wants to have show up in their page. So we'll definitely have to touch on that. Um, But before we jump into all the good stuff, can you just kind of give us your story of how you got into this amazing work that you're doing as a feminine leadership coach? Just kind of tell us how you got here. Yes, absolutely. I'm so excited to talk to you today. And thank you so much for that beautiful reflection on Violet. I definitely also want to talk about magnetic marketing because it's one of the things that I love so much. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So basically my story started with me getting a pretty severe case of chronic Lyme disease. When I was 22, I was on the career path of being in the fitness industry. Actually, I was a little bit you know, lost like most people in their early twenties are. Um, and I was, you know, studying psychology in college and I was doing, I was working at soul cycle on the side and I didn't really know like what I wanted to do with my life, but I know that nothing I was doing felt a hundred percent right. And there was like this 
weird anxiety that I couldn't really pinpoint. And then when I turned 22, a few months after my 22nd birthday, I developed all of these mysterious symptoms and I was struggling with pretty bad chronic fatigue, um, neurological issues, brain fog, muscle pain. I like gained a bunch of weight and my hormones were all out of whack. And yeah, it's pretty typical for um, people with chronic Lyme to not get diagnosed for a while. Um, so no doctor could really figure out what was going on with me. They thought it was, you know, my thyroid or I was depressed or whatever. So seven months into feeling so sick and having to move back home with my parents and taking time off of work and taking time off of school. Finally, I found a doctor who was just like, yeah, you have all of the symptoms of Lyme disease. It's pretty obvious to me. So, um, she tested it and I was positive, like very positive. And yeah, I got sent off on this entire heroine's journey of trying to heal myself because I did the typical thing with Lyme and you're supposed to take three weeks of antibiotics. And then for normal Lyme, like acute Lyme, that, that, that does it, that heals you. But after not getting better after three weeks, I realized that it was um, chronic and my doctor was like, all right, so you have chronic Lyme. There is no cure. We don't know for sure if, or when you'll get better, but let's, you know, stay hopeful. So that was, um, yeah, like the scariest, scariest part of my life, just not knowing if I would ever get better. And I stuck with Western medicine for the first year. And then I just honestly was getting sicker and sicker. So I moved over into Eastern medicine um, and then I got into trauma healing and then I got into spiritual and emotional healing. And I started seeing these shamans and these acupuncturists and these somatic healers. And I finally, finally started to get better. And a big part of that was a ton of emotional work and a ton of spiritual work and a ton of self-leadership because there was no one else that was able to save me. There was no one else that could tell me how to get better at the end of the day, it had to be me, you know, and I had a lot of support with healers around me, but I had to finally get to the point. Um, I think it was like in year three or so where I was like, okay, things are helping me, but kind of, and I miss life. I like my entire life was doctor's appointments and, um, not feeling well. And, you know, just like dreading the next day and not knowing what symptoms would pop up that day. I was completely isolated. And aside from being with my family and my doctors, and I just was not in the flow of life and I missed working. I missed, I missed all of it. And my entire ego and identity was shattered over those three years. Like I had gone through so many deaths and rebirths of my old self. And then, yeah, finally in year three, I was just like, okay, I have done every treatment possible. And at this point, my intuition is strongly telling me to go off in my own direction to heal myself through, you know, trauma healing and spiritual healing and, um, to just do what feels right for me in the moment and to listen to my body and to nourish myself with really beautiful, healthy food and to like go out, go back out into the world and fall in love and have sex and go travel. Like I miss life. I, I'm going to follow the aliveness. Like that's what I'm going to do. And at that point, my doctors were like, we support you because, um, we have not seen a fire like this in you ever. And you've tried all the treatments. And if you think you want to try your own thing for a while, then go for it. Like you're almost there anyway, you're almost, almost over the hump. Um, and that did it. I reached a state of remission in year four and 
I very promptly met my um, now fiance and he's the most amazing, amazing guy. And then I started my business. Oh no, I wrote my book called Strange and Unusual Creatures about um, my experience healing from chronic illness and trauma. And it's about, you know, alchemizing pain into something beautiful, into wisdom, into purpose, into power, into passion. Um, and it was just a real honest account of my experience because I wrote the book in real time as it was happening. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful story. And, and then I started my business centered around women's empowerment coaching. And it's evolved into feminine leadership coaching since then, because that's pretty much what I've been doing since the beginning is just trusting my feminine genius to lead me into health, to lead me into love, to lead me into professional success. It doesn't work for me any other way that I try and do it. You know, Um, I've tried to follow the path of what everyone else, you know, usually does with their lives. And Mm -hmm. um, it didn't work out for me. And I think that any woman who starts her own business is already a rebel hearted queen. Like she's already rebellious. She's already revolutionary. She's already visionary. Like it takes Mm -hmm. so much guts to have your own business and to be a woman who's like, here are my gifts and I deserve to be compensated for them. And I'm going to change the world. Like that is like, we're another breed of woman. (laughs) Yes, for sure. I love your journey is so beautiful. And just the fact that all of this was born from something that was so challenging and that was so testing. And you, you've been able to take that and really turn it into something so transformational, not only for you, but for so many other lives that you now impact through your story. And I think that's so powerful and what so many women really want to do. So to be able to see stories like that is just incredibly inspiring. And I think it's just something that more needs to be shared with the world even more. So did you come to find these spiritual practices during your journey? Or was this something that you had been kind of introduced to before that? Or was it all really through your journey of healing? Yeah, so I was always a really sensitive person, really sensitive, pretty empathic, pretty psychic (laughs) and not really knowing like what to do with that. Um, I actually saw it as a great weakness. I couldn't navigate life in the normal way. I was feeling everyone's emotions and I was, I had really deep feelings and, you know, I still do, but I didn't know, I didn't have the tools to deal with that at that time. So for the most part, I just shut it down. And, you know, in high school, I was put on Adderall and Lexapro and um, hormonal birth control and like every, and I'm, you know, if someone needs medication, that's fabulous. And I'm actually pro medication. I think it saves people's lives. Um, But for me as a 14, 15 year old girl, I was on so much uh, regulatory, like mood regulation medications that I was completely disconnected from that spiritual side of myself. And it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't until Lyme when I got really knocked down and just really like ripped apart. Like it was, it was pretty brutal. Um, and something really beautiful happens when actually someone is in so much emotional and spiritual and physical pain. What happens is they completely surrender. They develop a relationship with either the universe or God or whatever you want to call it. And they say, okay, obviously I'm meant for something greater. I don't know what it is yet heal me, use me, like do, do whatever you will. And you get to the state of complete surrender 
because you're just in so much pain and it feels like you're going to die anyway. So you're just like, okay, here I am, God, are you there? Are you listening to me? And then this amazing spiritual awakening happened for me. And I had this um, Kundalini experience and it was, it taught me how much power can be found in a woman's pain. Mm. Like the women who have been through deep, deep pain in their lives and have been brought to their knees and have like gotten to the point where they're just like, man, I can't do this anymore. Like, I don't know what to do. And the women who have been able to rise from that, like they are the most powerful people in the world, more powerful than, you know, the (laughs) head CEO of a Mm. tech company. (laughs) Like that's, that's kind of what she alchemy is all about. I really want to see this revolution of strong, powerful women who have a ton of wisdom that would just heal the world in a big wave together. Um, I want to see see them in positions of leadership because Mm -hmm. that's what our world needs. Yeah, totally. And I think the women that have been through these experiences gain such an amount of resilience. And I think that even when it comes to business, when it comes to doing this very thing, when it comes to taking the leap, like knowing, okay, I've been in a much worse place. And if I could face that and make it through that, then this isn't so scary. A hundred percent. And like throughout my time with Lyme, there was no one guaranteeing me that I was going to get better but I had this blind faith that I would Mm. succeed and that I would reach a state of remission and I would get better and do something beautiful with my life that leaves a mark and leaves a legacy. Mm. Um, And there were times when it really looked like it wasn't going to happen. Like years went by before I got better. So when I started my business in the first year of my business, when things were pretty slow, um, I was just like, I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm not doing this for money. I'm doing this because this is why I was born and I believe in it. And I'm going to be extremely successful one day. And I'm going to lift thousands of women up to their potential. And I'm going to use these like almost shamanic, like gifts that I received from my deep healing journey with Lyme. And I'm going to like heal women and and empower them. And it's going to be beautiful. And I just had this blind faith. Um, yeah. And eventually she alchemy sort of took off. So Um, And it's still growing and I'm still staying very true to that vision that I have. Right. I love that so much. And I I think that is such a huge part of finding success in in businesses like these are that sense of trust and that dedication to your mission and to the knowing that it's coming towards you. I would love to hear your thoughts on say for some, say for a woman who's maybe in the pain right now of like, what could be some things to like words of encouragement or someone that maybe is in the pain now, or that has been through it, but doesn't know how to start turning that into a mission and into her message or doesn't know how to approach it. I can think of like specific clients in this scenario that have such amazing journeys and they have businesses and their businesses kind of like covered with the outside, you know, healing work, but it's not tapping into the really deep personal journey that they've been through and that they can help others similar to them go through. Oh, I want to give a really um, true answer to that question because it's really important. So I'm just going to close my eyes and tap Mm -hmm. in for a second. Yeah. What I would say is 
this is it. Don't miss it. This is the most potent, powerful time in your life when you get to figure out and realize who you truly are Mm. and to let yourself die. Like let that old version of yourself that is hanging on by a thread, let her go because there's something beautiful wanting to be be reborn for you. And once you have enough trust in yourself and your own strength and your own ability to rise and you let the parts of you that are ready to evolve, transform, alchemize into something else, once you kind of like let yourself go through that energetic death and rebirth process, and that means feeling the pain, going into it, feeling it in your body, letting it like rip you apart, letting it break your heart, crying on the floor, writing about it. Oh, by the way, anyone who is in pain, please write because the most beautiful artists create the most masterful pieces of art through intense human emotions. So don't miss this opportunity. Like that's when I wrote my book, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You'll be astonished at the amount of truth and power that is available to you in that space and get all the gems that you can get all the gems in the dark that you can find and just gather them and start to integrate them into your being. And you'll start having these spiritual insights and you'll start um, loving people more because you start to love yourself more and you start to have compassion for the human condition because being a human is actually really fucking hard. And you'll start to have this level of depth to you that you that you didn't have before and this wisdom that you would not have gathered had you not gone through what you went through. And you just stay with yourself and realize that your, your timing is not divine timing. Like I, <laughs> I wanted to get better and from Lyme disease in three weeks and it took me <laughs> four years. Right. And that's not the same timeline for anyone. I think my journey was particularly intense, but if you just surrender to the natural transformation that will take hold in you, once you surrender to the pain and to let it in, to feel it, to let it change you, this great wave of positive emotion will fill you like inspiration and great love and creativity and purpose. And once you get to like the purpose part of it, you will have no doubt in your mind what you're here to do. Mm. Like that's the beauty of pain. You will have no doubt in your mind the mark that you're meant to leave on the world, how you're going to do it. And that's the heartbeat that's going to guide you. And that's actually a huge gift because for people who start businesses and they just want to make money, like good luck, man, because entrepreneurship (laughs) is really hard. Like you have to have that like deep, deep resonance of no, 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 I'm, I'm doing this because it's something bigger than me. And I love it. And I'm passionate about it. And this is why I was born and nothing gives me more joy than to see the work that, uh, the, the effects that my work has on the people that I work with, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it's actually a huge gift to go through these initiatory experiences. Not everyone gets that actually. Right. Um, so yeah, that's why I titled my book, strange, unusual creatures, right? Cause we're the ones who went through something pretty intense and made something beautiful out of it. I love that. And I think that there can be some shame around um some of these difficult situations whether it's like i know i I don't know if you know this about me but um a big part of my story too was my brother my brother's death when i was 22 which kind of like i went from partying a lot and just like down a bad road into really waking up doing a lot of self-healing going really bad after he died and then bringing myself out of it and I feel the same way of like that 
pain has really made me who I am. And of course I would never wish, like I would give anything to have my brother still here. And he was, you know, one of my very closest best friends, even though we were only alive together for 21 years, it's like, you know, I would give anything to have him back. And I can see so much beauty, so much healing that could not have happened. Not only me, but the ripple effect, the ripple effect out to the people that I've impacted to other people in his life, how they've shifted and grown. Like it's incredible. And you don't have to like wish that pain on anyone, but you can also realize and appreciate the beauty and you can choose to see the beauty instead of wallowing. Cause what I've also seen with loss and death or pain and sickness and all of these hardships that people face in life is you really have a choice when something like that happens. Like you can do the healing work, you can see the bigger vision, you can trust that things are working and things are coming to you, or you can really retract and and take the attitude of life is over. Like I've got nothing, you know, and, and kind of be stuck in that place for an extended period of time. So I think that when people go through that, they have, when they start sharing, they may have that initial resistance to, is this going to have people view me as less than or not take me seriously in business because I've been through this. But you said it so perfectly that that is really what gives you so much, almost like uniqueness and power in your message to really resonate with the people that are meant for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives you universal human truths that people can feel when they come to your page, when they ask you, can I work with you? When they look at your website, when they hear you speak, when they read your writing, they can feel a woman who has been through it and is telling the truth about it and is standing in her power. I love that. So what would you say to someone who is, and and whether they've been, you know, whatever it is that they've been through, because we've all been through something, like everyone has been through degrees of heartbreak or pain. What would you say to the business owner or the woman that's in this um, work that's, you know, maybe trying to cultivate power in her message like going back to that magnetic messaging of me seeing your page um kind of knowing deeply what i was looking for and what i wanted next in my world and immediately being able to resonate with that and sign up you know so what would you say to the woman who is in business who has a message to share what is really going to supercharge and magnetize her message to those people that are right for her Yes. I have so many, so many thoughts on this. Um, So the first thing is in your writing, get really like in your posts and your copy and your marketing, there's this cliche in the industry. That's like, you're not creating content for you. You're creating content for your followers. I think that's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I think that when a woman creates from her soul and she's like, no, 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 I have to put this out into the world because it's a piece of my art and it's a piece of my heart and it's for the world. It is for you. And that's exactly what it, what makes it resonate with so many other women that exact aligned clients who are meant for your unique frequency. So there's Mm -hmm. that. There's also taking emotional risks and being more honest in what you put out there. And if you're writing a post and you're like, this is a little, a little vulnerable, like, great. You're on the right track because the more that you can show you like strip down just the raw essence of who you are with all of your power and your gifts 
and your vulnerability and the things that you've been through, the more people will find you that are truly meant for you. Like if you're trying to speak to everyone, no one can hear you. Mm. And when you speak to the exact kind of woman who is meant for your work and you know them because you kind of are them, they find you like that. And then also like, this is sort of, uh, Violet is about so many things. It's about feminine leadership and embodiment, deep, dark, and holy feminine leadership. But one of the pieces of Violet is accessing that like really uh, deep, powerful, passionate feminine energy in your marketing and seeing our business as something that is a spiritual experience and only launching offers that we would get on our knees for like that level of passion is required. And if you want to have truly magnetic marketing, it can't be like, Oh, I think I'm going to launch this because this is what I should do. And this is, I know, like, yeah, I know, like, you know, this is what will get sales. And of course that's like what we're trained to do. And that's, you know, what's what we're supposed to do or whatever. But if you have this idea for an offer and you are like, wow, the the wisdom in this, I would risk everything for it. I embody it fully. I would get on my knees for it. I would pray to it. I would have sex with it. That's what I mean by getting your knees. It's not just a sexual (laughs) thing. Like it's a spiritual thing. Like I would like do anything for this. Like, this is my thing. I can't not launch this. Um, If your launch doesn't have that, um, then I would go into the deepening tools that we have in Violet to really find that because it might be buried under like 11 layers of unprocessed stuff. But once you like really reach that gold and you just rise from the ashes like a freaking phoenix and you just like share your offer like that and you're just like, this is why my heart beats and this is going to change your entire life forever, period. And you're so confident in it that is magnetic. Yes. That is what sells right there. The energy behind how you're showing up. Yep. Yeah. And the belief, the belief in your work, that's like ultimately the most important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you talk a lot about, um, I've seen kind of about like slaying the good girl part. Can you kind of like explain what the difference (laughs) is between that? Like what is the good girl? Yeah, exactly. So the good girl is our people pleaser. It is the version of us that has been brought up to believe that she is safe when she is small, when she is quiet, when she is pretty, when she doesn't ruffle any feathers and she doesn't take up a lot of space. Um, And she doesn't say anything remotely evocative or what's the word evocative or things that edgy. Yeah. Edgy. Thank you. So that's the good girl. And it's the version of us that we sort of had to embody in order to get through school, (laughs) Um, in order to, you know, make a place for ourselves in this patriarchal society that doesn't really have any space for the big, wild, powerful woman who is so powerful. She actually like births, not just human babies, but ideas into the world that revolutionize life as we know it. Like the society that we live in doesn't have space for that. They don't know how to react to it. um, And they're scared of it. That's why, you know, so many witches have burned in our history. It wasn't that long ago that women were literally burned for Mm -hmm being in their magic for giving their soul's gifts to the world. So there's like this deep fear of not being in our good girl because something really ancient in us is like, we might die if we're, if we're going to expand into the fullness of who we are. And it directly goes against the good girl's conditioning, which is like, 
chameleon yourself into the version of you that is acceptable, that is digestible, that is marketable, that people will like and understand. Here's the thing. That's super boring. Everyone already (laughs) sees that across the world. We already have thousands of people who are modeling what it means to be acceptable. If you were born into this world and you have this spark and you have a little bit of darkness in you and you have this edge and you have this huge purpose. Um, and when I say darkness, I mean strength, by the way, I mean, like you've been through shit, you've been through the fire. Um, if you have that, it will slowly kill you inside if you don't express it. And I know that's like a really dramatic way to say it, but it's true. Yep. And I believe that's one of the reasons that, you know, I got sick. There's physical reasons, of course, but one of the spiritual reasons was I was like slowly dying inside because I wasn't accepting myself, stepping into myself, owning my power, owning my gifts. Yeah. So once we sort of fire our good girl and we're like, I love you. Thank you for keeping me safe. Thank you for getting me to this point of where I'm at. And you let her sit in the back seat. I'm not talking about, you know, killing her and burying her. Like sometimes we need her. She's beautiful. She's worthy, whatever. Put her in the back seat for now. And we resurrect our bad girl, our deep, dark, and holy feminine, the version of us that is a witch, the version of us that is a leader, the version of us that is a world changer, a revolutionary, a healer, a priestess, a, you know, uh, someone who genuinely has so much power and potency and the way that they hold their space, it's, they don't even have to speak any words. Like people can just feel it by the way that they hold themselves and the depth that they embody. Once we can step into that, that will also give you access to the passion that's necessary in order to rise in business. Like your good girl, she thinks that passion is not safe because there's a piece of us that thinks if we give into passion, then we'll lose control. Um, When really it's our human control that's trying to make us be successful in business by doing, you know, all of the typical things that we're supposed to be doing, but no one, no one can hear it. Um, no one really notices it or it doesn't, or people do, but it doesn't have this like great impact that it's supposed to have. And yeah, once we tap into our deep, dark and holy feminine, that gives you access to the power and the passion that we're looking for. Oh, I love it. I've had chills so many times during this conversation. It's, it's Same. <laughs> I knew, I knew we were going to have a good one. I know. As soon as you start, I'm like, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> um, I am wondering for those that are like, I want to access this, like, is there something that you can offer for someone to, to tap into this now of like kind of scratch the surface of like, what's something that you could do now to tap into this deep, dark, holy feminine and begin to slay. I don't know why I like to say slay the good girl, but not slay her, put her in the backseat. I get it. I love, I love the the catchphrase too. It's just sexy and it's catchy. So yes, that's a great question. Um, you need to get in touch with what makes you mad first. Actually, you need to get in touch with your rage. Your rage is sacred. Um, it's, if it's channeled correctly, it is not dangerous. It's not going to hurt anyone. It's not going to kill you. It's there. If you feel exhausted, numb, tapped out, disconnected, you likely have a pretty big amount of anger and rage in you that you're not like fully accessing, um, and embodying, which is, you know, part of what we're going to do in Violet. Mm -hmm. Um, but once we are able to tap into the parts of us that are so mad 
either by what has happened to us or what is happening to millions of other women across the world or the mistreatment of women or the distrust of the feminine or something that is happening in our own family and our own relationship, just that deep guttural no, like no more, never again, I'm done. Like I deserve better than this. The world deserves better than this. And you tap into this rage and like, watch out because a woman who has that much fire, it will be quickly alchemized into a force that is not as scary as we think it will be. Like it is, it, it gets alchemized into passion and, and the passion is like, or it really drops us into that energy of magnetism and, and power. Um, so it's like, with your business, it's like, not just like, what do you kind of like and what's pretty and what, you know, looks good, but it's like, no, no, no. What would you fight for? Like, what would you literally fight for? What would you risk everything for? Like that's accessed when you access your rage and you access what you're mad about. And then you get brought to this level of like, okay, well, here's what I'm going to do about it because I can't do anything else. There's this drive in me that like wants to make the world a different place because of this thing that happened to me or that happened to someone else. And I can't stand for it anymore. So yeah, accessing your age is step number one, for sure. There's several steps, you know, and dropping into your yeah. uh, deep, holy feminine and your bad girl and your magnetic leader self. Um, but yeah, the first thing is stop being afraid of your darker emotions because they're power portals. I'm telling you. That's so good. Instead of numbing out what kind of what we're afraid of tapping into really facing it head on and allowing it to show up and, and teach us and guide us as much as, you know, the good and the manifestation and all of that. It's like bringing in that balance, allowing yes. the, good and the bad to drive you. Yes. I wrote a post once that was like over here at She Alchemy, you know, we don't kill monsters. Don't hire me to kill your monsters. Cause what we're actually going to do is befriend your monsters and make them your yeah. strongest, most wild gifts. Oh, <laughs> I love it so much. So, yeah. so much. Yeah. Oh, Megan, thank you so much. This has been such an incredible conversation and part of me like never wants it to end. And luckily <laughs> I'll be in your course for three months so we can continue on. Um, I'm so excited. Yes, me too. I can't wait. But speaking of which, where actually before we get to that, I have one final question. I love to ask everyone on the, on the uh, podcast where it's the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. What does being a wealthy and well woman mean to you? What does that look like? And what is like, how does that show up for you? Being a wealthy and well woman to me looks like a woman who is living life by her own rules. Um, she is spiritually wealthy first. Mm. Like that comes first is her spiritual wealth and her emotional wealth. She is in love with her business. She is in love with her life. She trusts herself. She has alchemized her wisdom into a lifestyle and a business and a mission that sets her soul on fire. And she's compensated for her magic with, yeah. with actual wealth, with money. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I'm super done with the you know old programming of spiritual women who you know don't get paid enough it's like no no no. they're yes. actually the healers of our society like we need yes. magic so yeah and wealthy and well yeah that's the best podcast name in the world by the way i love oh, that thank you <laughs> i'm a big fan too <laughs> yes i love that movement i will stand for that movement. Uh, i love it so megan where can our guests tap into you what do you have coming up what's kind of always coming up where can people find you 
Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. So the first place to find me is on my Instagram at Megan Claire Hatfield. My website is currently under construction, but that will be launched sometime in April, I believe. Yeah, our doors closed for the uh, the day that we're recording this. Our doors closed for Violet today, so it'll be too too late to sign up at that point. But um, I'll be launching a program in June that I don't want to drop the name of yet because it's you know hidden right now. But it's about um, influence, feminine influence, and in storytelling and um, evoking powerful emotion in your clients. Oh. Um, yeah, and so. I always have some kind of program that I'm running or about to run. So just get on my email list, follow me on Instagram, shoot me a DM if you resonate with this podcast and we will get to work. Maybe do one-on-one mentorship. Maybe I'll get you on the waitlist for my next program. We'll figure it out. <laughs> oh, amazing. Thank you so much, Megan, for Yay. coming on the podcast today. Yes, thank you so much, Kat. This is such a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on today's episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I am so grateful that you listened in. If you loved what you heard and you feel called to share, please go leave me a review on iTunes so I can make sure to keep all this good stuff coming your way. Also share this episode with someone you think would absolutely love it. And I will be so grateful. That's how we spread the wealthy and well woman mission together. If you aren't already following me on social media, come and join me by following at Kat Sanuski. I would love to connect with you there and I cannot wait to connect with you back here in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and shine as the wealthy and well woman you are.